And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Sandy Lynn Taylor, who before her near-death experience was a pagan, and now she's a Christian. Sandy Lynn, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Sandy Lynn, do you need a little backstory before we get started, or would you like to go right into your NDE? Yes, um, I'm going to give a backstory um, for a little bit, and then we can go ahead to my NDE. Okay. All right, so um, I, was ba- I was born and raised as a pagan, and it was, I was 12 years old when I first heard the gospel and accepted Jesus as my Savior. But then after a lot of things happened, because I was abandoned by my parents when I was one and a half year old and gone through so much, um, you know, uh, abuse. And because of that, I really turned away from everything about faith, about grace, about God. And that's where everything in my life turned, turned dark. But during that time, actually, Jeff, when I was five years old, I saw an open heaven on the window um, and I saw Jesus. But no one told me about Jesus. No one really um, talk about or have it because I was born and raised as a pagan. But then after all that, um, that was it. And then, yes, um, yeah, I lived my life doing my own way. So if we fast forward your life, when did you have the NDE? This was the time when I was college. Um, I was so, um, you know, longing for some like a uh, spiritual activity. It's like something that um, I'm always like have that hunger to really uh, find or look for something. And then I met my friend. Um, she was a weekend. And so one time she gave me this uh, chant and she asked me to read it. And um, during that night when I read it, nothing really happened. But after that, because I have no knowledge about it, not educated, just ignorant. So that's where um, I opened a portal accidentally. And that's where I started to do a lot of astral travels, gone to different realms. But the point where I really had an NDE is when I couldn't take that anymore, Jeff, because um, having a lot of um, astral realm, um, astral travel, like my body really gets sick. And my mind is like um, really um, confused if this is what is real. Like is this world is an illusion or that world is an illusion or what is really real. And because of that, I stopped my college gap and then I get sick. And this was the time where I barely even eat. I was always alone in our house in Philippines. Um, so there was this uh, one afternoon I, I took a nap. And it's a very, very hot day. I believe I had a I had a heat stroke at this time. But I really um couldn't remember the detail much, but I was just really, you know, feel that, you know, like my chest started to really get that um top or something. And then I took a nap in that afternoon and I fell asleep. And this is where it started. So I thought actually I was in my normal house. And then um, in outside in our door, I was thinking, uh, I need to go outside. I, I just want to breathe. And so when I opened the door of our house, I was totally shocked, Jeff. Because as I opened the door, I was in a different world. And in this place, this is the best how I can describe it. So I stepped in, but I was still um, confused. And then the first thing that I saw is um, the, I look up and there is no sky. So if I can describe that place, it, it doesn't have a sky, but it looks like it has a glass. But the material looks like watery. So if you can imagine, that's a place where um, no sky. It's just like a watery glass material that's just there up there. And then um, the worst thing that um, I noticed while I'm looking there, um, there's so many black, like legion of birds hovering on that, uh, on above that place. 
So when you know you are in the other realm, it's like when you focus on something, it's like you're getting a vision that is so enhanced that as I intently look at the bird, I just realize it's not a bird. I realize it's like a human-looking demon bat. And the face is really horrible. Like, it's just... And imagine, like, it's like a millions or, like, a legions of them hovering on that face. And then while I was walking, I was walking in the very dry, cracked ground. It's just really dead, dead. Like, there's nothing in there. And um, so every time I run, Jeff, I saw this tree. And this tree, every time I run, trying to go back to my house to, to kind of really escape from this horrible place, I keep on coming back to the tree. And it's, it looks like uh, an ancient tree. But uh, when I do a, a research about that now, uh, presently, um, I found out that, that that tree is a portal to another another realm. And so that's why I keep on coming back and I keep on running from northeast, southwest, but everywhere I go, I'm just stuck. I'm always like going back to that tree. And it's really, uh, really um drives drives my my head crazy. So that's my first NDJ. And then after that. Um, there was this another time in school. Um, this is where I, I'm starting to really get sick. And um, I am in my uh, college classroom at the time, waiting for my teacher and, and for my classmates. And I fell asleep on the desk of our school. And then it happened again. It's like something that I couldn't control. It's just, it happened. So I saw this place again no sky, this watery looking glass um, above, and then that hovering um, looking demon, like a legion of them, and they're hovering, and then the dry and cracked ground is really dead. And then when I was at that place, I saw many, 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 many souls. I can say it's souls, it's not people, because in my inner knowing, I think they are dead. But they were, like, their clothes is so dirty, like, unimaginably, like, uh, rot, uh, like, rotten or, you know, tattered. And then, actually, also, like, they have um, tackles. And they were lining up their face. They looked like they were in the trance. It's like they were in deep sleep. But they keep on walking, like, walking, walking. And, you know, Jeff, the atmosphere of that place and the look of the people's face, it's like the most um, sad, misery, gloom, all kinds of, you know, unexplainable um, heaviness that is in that place. Like you can never imagine that I've never seen, you know, because here on earth, you might have problem or, you know, sadness or depression, but that that is just like hopelessness. That I can say that, that how they, the people look like. And then on on the front of them, I noticed, Jeff, there is that huge looking like um, angelic form, but it is not like, like a, you know, a good angel. It looks like a very dark looking angel. And she have like a, look like a staff, like, like he, he looks like a, a giant shepherd like that. And those souls look like a flock. And then he's leading them to their doom. So while these souls is marching and marching, they go into this big giant mouth that is so dark and they keep on falling and falling there. So while I'm seeing this, I'm trying to stop them. I'm trying to say, guys, wake up, wake up. You're going to fall, you're going to die. But, but you know, Jeff, this is how I can describe this. Like no one really sees me even though I am in there because I felt like, I, you know, if you imagine a, a fish inside the aquarium, so I was that fish and like the the environment where I am in is where things are happening. But I was just in that, you know, um, like a place, like just a, a, a glass like that. Because I'm trying to, you know, to wake them up, trying to smash that, but they, they couldn't hear me. 
And then I was thinking of myself like that, like, okay, I just wanted to go back. I just wanted to go back like that. I really have no um, um, vivid or clear memory of how I got back, but this is how I got back. So my teacher is waking me up and all my classmates face, they're laughing at me because they said, I've been there for 45 hours, uh, 45 minutes, I'm sorry, 45 minutes. They're trying to wake me up and I was really not conscious. And they were like checking me if I'm breathing or something. They thought I'm, I'm dead. And you know, Jeff, after that experience, the very first thing that I really asked, that I really grabbed is water. Because I felt like um, all my nerves in my body, it feels so like so used up. And then I feel very, very uh, dry. My throat is like dry and like, I feel like the very first time I started to breathe, but my oxygen in my brain, I feel like, like I feel like it's shutting down or, you know, trying to keep myself awake because I do not want to go back to that place. Um, so yeah, so that those are um, my um, two experiences at that time, Jeff, when I was college. And I couldn't explain why and, you know, how things happened like that. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us, Sandy Lynn. If we go back right before your first NDE, you mentioned that you opened up a portal. Can you describe what the portal looked like? When I first saw that, um, it actually, Jeff, it, 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 the portal is like different. It's like sometimes it looks like an ancient door. It's like a very old ancient door, you know, that is made of uh, material that's not in our world. And then sometimes it looks like, um, like uh, just a giant, you know, um, tornado that's kind of like just swirling, swirling on, on, on the sky, you know. Um, and then sometimes it just looks like an ordinary object, Jeff. Like I thought I'm looking at my mirror. And then suddenly I was just, you know, um, just got stuck in. So sometimes it's, a, it's an object. Sometimes it's just looking like, like what I said, and a door. And then sometimes actually it is uh, some kind of stranger or a spirit that um, just asking me to come and, you know, show something. So yeah, so portals are really different for me at that time. Yeah, thank you for asking that. Would you say that these experiences are different from a dream? Yes, totally different. Because actually, Jeff, um, this is where I found out that my experience is not a dream. It's because it's manifested in real life. I will give you one um, example of what happened to me. So when I gone to an astral projection, I, I saw that I was watching in the mirror. And so while I was, you know, wiping that mirror, I saw this um, child and then he asked me to follow him. So I, I followed him and then I saw this huge mango tree and then, and then he went into his house and in his house, he look at me and there's a, a coffin, like a casket. And then after that, I heard a big tug like that, like someone was being hit on the head. And then when it happened, um, there's this woman screaming and there's two, this, this one guy um, hit the head of the other guy. And then the other guy fell and there's blood and the woman is screaming and no one, you know, is really helping this woman. But it's just so weird to me that how am I seeing this? And I even don't know what is the purpose why I'm seeing this and who, who these people, but they are really real, Jeff. Because I was a teacher in Philippines at that time. This is um, my first, um, first time, you know, in the school. And we have a guard in, uh, at the gate of the school. And then this student of mine, which is the boy, um, because it's my first time, I, I was really completely didn't remember all their faces. Um, he, he is the, his father is that uh, guard in our school. And then one day, 
they, they have an announcement to the school and said that we are going to a funeral because our guard died. And so while they're while they're going there, actually, yeah, I was walking in my in, in exactly what I saw how it happened and how they are talking about because I'm listening how they are talking about how things happen. So that boy is one of my students. And when we were walking in their house, going to, to, to their house, I saw this really huge mango tree. I was like, this is exactly what I saw. And then when we entered their house, that's exactly how he, how he looked at me when he is um, standing at the casket of his dad. And what happened there is, um, I think the mother of the boy have um, another affair. And so the that guy hit the head of the husband, the husband died. And so that happened is where exactly where it got hit, where, where we see the blood and where the crime scene happened. And, I, and this, Jeff, happened to me so many times that um, if not the detail of the person that's going to die that I'm going to see, if it's not in our world, it's somewhere in another realm. So that's why I can really say um, it's not just a dream because sometimes really it manifests in, in real life. Yeah. You mentioned that you've been astral traveling before. Do you think that this realm that you went to during your NDE was one of the lower astral realms or would you consider it hell? Yes, um, that is a very good question because I think um, based on how I can understand that place, like what you say, it's like that surface of hell. Like just, you know, that first surface of hell, that's how I can really say that. Yeah. So you think there are layers of hell? I think so because um, there are um, because I have innumerable of these astral projections. There are like those like really there's fire and darkness and smoke that you could ever never imagine, and you know that's really help for me. That's really help. But this one that I'm seeing is like where the soul is being prepared to go to where they are really exactly where they're needed. Because um, there's um, this one that I went to, Jeff, in my astral projection that I don't know if you will take this, but this is how I can really say as the best as I can describe it. These are um, like a cell or like, you know, a prison. That one of my NDE, I saw this very long stairs. It's like you cannot really um, see where it goes, where it ends, where it starts. It's just a very long stairs. And in that stairs, when you keep on, you know, going, there are lots of, you know, cells and like a prison, like for different souls that was stuck in that place. And yeah, so yeah, that's how I can describe it. You mentioned how you kind of came back during the second NDE, but you didn't mention anything about coming back during the first one. Do you recall yeah. coming back or? It's like, Actually, when I just came back, um, the first one, this is how the best I can recall the first one when I come back, because I was really, um, really hot the time. But it's like I am seeing this fan. And then I feel like I was stuck of that. Uh, I was stuck inside that electric fan. You know, the, the fan, right? Mm -hmm. So it feels like I was that kind of light or something. I got go back to, my, to that fan. Because after going back to that fan, because I just I just need to come back. I said I need to focus on it on, on coming back. So I just focused on looking at the electric fan and I feel like I stuck into that and then I go up all the way to to my feet. I saw like a, actually I don't realize it's my body before, but I saw like it's a big feet like that and I keep like kinda like going back and then I was just open my eyes and that's it. That's how I can describe how I come back at the time, yeah. During your second NDE, you saw all these souls, and I think you said they were chained together. Yeah. Besides seeing them, did you hear anything? Like, were they making any sounds or anything? No. It, it was, all I just remember is the smell. It, it's the, it's like, it, it, it smells so thick, you can taste it. 
it's really not a very pleasant smell. But I don't hear any screaming or any sounds. I feel like I'm in the glass, like what I said. Like, like even though like I was in the fish in that bowl, even though I am seeing what's happening around me, I was in there. I was like just in there. And I was just trying to, um, you know, ask them to wake up like that. I had another experiencer describe something similar, and he saw people standing in long lines in pain or agony, and he said it was like all hot and sweaty there and like miserable. So that's why I thought maybe yours would be similar. It somehow I I was just like seeing this thing, but I was really like in that glass. That's how I can describe it because, like what I said to you, I'm like that fish inside that golden. I mean that um bowl, but it's like when you are a fish, you are seeing things around you, but you're just limited with you know with where you are. That's how I can describe it. Yeah, so I couldn't get the smell. It's kind of like you are separated from them through like an invisible glass-like barrier. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, something like that. Because um, how I can say is this. Every time I, I tried to, to go and to stop them, I, I wanted to grab, you know, and stop them. Like, hey, stop, stop. Like that. I couldn't get out of, of that glass. It's like I'm just stuck there. And, and it feels like they do not hear me at all, no matter how many times I scream. So it feel like, yeah, like there's that, you know, division, you know, that, yeah. Now, you're from the Philippines, and I thought the Philippines is a predominantly Catholic country. Yes. So how how did you wind up growing up a pagan? Yes. So um that's true, Jeff. Actually, um growing up um Philippines is eighty percent Catholic and the rest are born and raised as a pagan. So I was the, in that group, mm. on that minority part of the group where we believe more on, you know, um uh, nature spirits and um, you know, practices like um uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I cannot grab an English uh, term for that, but it's more like animism, spirit. Um, we believe in fallen angels and stuff like that, and contacting through mediums. And um, we don't go to hospital or you know we go to witch doctors. So yeah, we are that. Makes sense. I just didn't realize that the percentage of pagans in the Philippines was so high. I expected it to be probably 5% or less. What you need to understand, Jeff, even though we are Catholic, our practices as most Catholic are also pagan. We are, we are pagan in many ways. In our Catholic church, we have um, a candle where it looks like a human's form. And so we, you know, um, put it in, inside the church. And it's actually, we are more motivated by fear. And even though it's a Catholic, um, um, the priest even, you know, like, like, um, tell to the people, yeah, you can, you know, consult the witchcraft or whatever, you know, and also like there are just certain prayers, like, you know, um, not really a Catholic prayer. So that's how I can say, because I remember joining in those Catholic and then one of us, they gave us this Latin paper, rolled it and then put it in our mouth to drink, you know, so yeah. <laughs> Even though, you know, you say, oh, there's a lot of Catholic in Philippines, but majority of the Catholic, especially if you live in a remote area like me, I, li I live in a country in Philippines. So, so that's why sometimes since we are far from the Catholic churches, we just going to have or form our own, you know, pagan um, practices. Or, you know, instead of going to the hospital, we're just going to do and go to the witch doctor. So, yeah, so that's how it is. Do you feel like your NDE was a warning to you to change your way or just an accident that you ended up there? I believe it is an accident because I was ignorant and curious uh, when I was college. I was like seeking for, you know, for um, what do you call that? Um, something i'm seeking for something that is not of this world I, i've been on that quest of searching something yeah but like what i said i think it's an accident so how did your life change after your second nde after my second nde 
it really didn't change much Jeff until when I was um 17 and that is really the highlights of all events that happened to my life that is the first time I met my father and it is like a manifestation of um coming back to my father in heaven because the image I don't really have the image of the father Jeff so I was both always think that father is something that um my question to god and my question to my dad is the same like where were you when i was abused and you know tortured where were you you know when i feel lost and in pain and abandoned so those are the questions and that was uh, the time when i was 17 it is the highlights of everything that happened to me jeff and i think that is where the starting point i jeff i remember this um, I was 12 at the time, and I said to God, um, because we were pagan, and I was not allowed to really go to my Christian faith or church. There, There's also a Christian church at the time, but very few. But I was not allowed by someone who took care of me at the time. So I told God, when I'm 18, I'm, I'm just going to come back. That's what I, I remember. Um, but I forget that promises to God. But God remembers, because like what I said, when I was 17 years old, that's where every, it's like um hell niche, you know, like everything happens to me at that year. Yeah, so um, Jeff, um, I wanted to also tell you, um, uh, during that 17 years old, I ran away from our house. And yeah, I've been, uh, stopped my college for three years. Yeah, so 17 years old, I think, is where I started to really um think my life over it's interesting because i would have thought that you would have immediately changed and stopped being pagan but it those ndes didn't change you yes yes it didn't change me um it, it's it's not something that happened to me like that instant you know like um especially um, I'm not really educated about it, like what I said, and I was really don't know what's really happening to me at that time. Did you notice after your NDEs that you had any new abilities that could be considered psychic? I noticed that, Jeff, and that's why I was really, like what I said, I was really scared of what's going on. I really noticed that. It's like everything in me was heightened. Like sometimes there's an event that's about to come and I'm already seeing it before it comes. And sometimes when I was seeing someone, um, I was seeing the condition of where she is in the spiritual realm. Like I'm giving you an example. There was this boy that I saw like, um, he's about to cross on that river, but it's a river that is not in, in our world, but it's like a river of, like when someone dies that needs to cross on that place, something like that. I was really um not understanding all this. It's only uh by the grace of God, I believe, that I really come back. It's not my own way that I come back or change because of my end. No, it's like I think that the really the supernatural power of God that really get me out of that uh very dark place. If you had been a practicing Catholic during your NDE, what do you think you would have seen? I'm not sure, Jeff. If um, I because I was actually when I was high school, um, we were um in Catholic school, like and Catholic um school is like um teaching us to kind of you know do about this about, but it has so many added things which really didn't help me a lot. So um, like what I said, um, I can really see the difference of the Catholic here in America and the Catholic in Philippines way back that time. And also at that time of, you know, during that period of mine, I think, you know, um, everyone is still growing up with the knowledge of things and faith. Was there an event that caused you to abandon being a pagan yes um this is the time where you know uh jeff like i was so desperate 
like I was at the end of myself, like meeting my dad for the first time. And I was, you know, um, full of hate. Um, by the way, Jeff, my dad, um, he's a drug addict most of his life. And then when I met him, he is a pastor. But I was full of hate and unforgiveness at that time. And during that three years that I ran away from home, I ended up, and I'm, I'm not sure how did I end up. I ended up in a pastoral house. And in that place, they're the only one who accept me. And my first ministry is mopping the floor of the church. And then there was this um, pastor that really uh, saw me. And he can really say that, you know, you've been into the dark place. Your eyes uh, has that full of darkness. And then that's where they started to help me to every day for three years, Jeff. I was soaked in seeking God in the morning to pray and then understanding reading the Bible. And then come to the point that um, the Holy Spirit keeps on speaking to me about the forgiveness. Because forgiveness is the hardest thing for me at that at that time. Because um, you know, um, I think that's actually what is going to hinder you from really like that freedom that you will have. Because I had um unforgiveness to my dad, to my mom, to the people that abused me. But after that three years, Jeff, that's where things changed. My mindset also. And then I, I just, you know, feel that joy, that peace I have never felt in my whole life. And then um, this is a supernatural thing that when I met my mom and my dad, I forgave them. I met those abusers, I forgave them. That's a supernatural word. And as soon as that happened, Jeff, that's where things changed in my life. And it's like um, the word that they said that, things fall in the right places. Yeah, so that's where it started. I guess it's best to say that forgiveness is one of the most powerful healing tools. Yes, yes. That's, that's um, the instrument that has been used to me to really have that, understand that freedom. Later in your life, you became a missionary to Korea. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, so this is my first time. Um, to that school I was just less than a year being a teacher and then they asked me if I want to go to Korea um my first answer is um I'm going to pray about it and the second and then the third one Jeff I had a dream in my dream I saw I'm, I'm feeding a fish and this fish says to me Mashita which I have no knowledge about that language, but now I know since I can also speak Korea, which means delicious. So that is my goal, like uh, a sign that I need to go. And then when I went to, uh, as a missionary in Korea, the provision is so smooth, Jeff. I was there. And for that three years, we started from um, four kids and then got to 60. And then I trained teachers and everything was just um, blessed productively, fruitfully, and I leave the place uh, with such really a beautiful chapter of my life. And also one thing I learned as a missionary before is that God worked on my abandonment issue and on my trust issue, that sometimes being alone actually is not really a, you know, a sad or frightening thing. It's a way of how, you know, that isolation period of your life is what, where God really builds me to be strong. During your astral travels, did you ever go to heaven? Yes. Um, when I was pagan, no. I never even smelled heaven at the time. Because I think um, those darkness, you know, unforgiveness and those negative things, that trauma, abuse, I think that's what's keeping me. You know, it's like a veil that's keeping me. This is when I got delivered. And I was stuck for three years in that church, you know, when I stopped my college. Did you still continue practicing astral traveling after you became Christian? No, this is the difference, Jeff. Actually, because the, the astral uh, travel that happened to me, I didn't practice it. It's like something that just 
that's just in me. It's like just inborn in me. And when I open that thing, it gives me so much, you know, that I couldn't take that power or, you know, I don't want that. I just want to be a normal person. But then when I became a Christian now, Jeff, it is um, directed by, by the author of everything, you know, by God. So when I go from heaven or go from different, different realm, or they are showing me something, now it is their appointment and it's not mine. Yeah. Yeah. But I like it. You know why? Because Jeff, before when during my astral travel, every time I came back to my body, I feel it's been so violated. I feel so gross and disgust. But then now that it is God who really, um, you know, having me, letting me that experience, when um, they, the angel, you know, put me back in my room, I saw a glimpse of light. And it feels so different. It's like I don't feel trespass. I feel, you know, like that joy, that love, that peace. Those are the elements that I always feel every time um, they visit me. So you're saying that you still astral travel after you became a Christian, but you were led there by God. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that is the right term. Um, in Christian, they have a different term instead of astral travel. It is found in the book of Corinthians where Paul said that whether I'm in the body or not, I do not know, but I, I, I go to this place, things that is unspeakable, that unheard, something like that. Have you visited heaven? And if so, what did it look like? There's just really portion of heaven that I visited. But I want to give this account and this testimony last year, Jeff. This one that I visited is, me as a Christian, I do not believe it too. Because when I heard the sword of the spirit in the Bible, I thought it's a metaphor that you use. Because a sword of the spirit is, is basically the word of God. But then... um. I was taken into the artillery room. There is a weaponry room in heaven. And that that is so amazing, Jeff, because um it's actually a connection, but I I'm not going to detail with this, but it's a connection when I was at God delivered and I saw Israel when I traveled. I saw Israel, you know, during my travel. But it's a connection of that to this one. So in this time um, when I went to the weaponry room, Jeff, it is something beyond. Like, it's so beautiful. And the angel that was there doesn't have a wings, but they look very, you know, strong. They have that presence. They carry the presence of good, uh, love, and peace, but they are the kind of angel that you do not want to mess up. They are very, you know, like high-ranking. And um, they told me today, uh, we are going to give you a new sword. Actually, they said to me, you are in the training. They always say that to me. I think three or four times now, they always say that every time they ask me to come, they always say, you are in the training. I don't know why, but somehow now I understand. And so if I can describe to you what I saw in that room, Jeff, it's, it's like this. It, on earth, Jeff, uh, our spoon or our clothes, it, it will not talk to you or it doesn't have life, right? That's why we call it non-living thing. But in heaven, everything is alive. Like like that sword that I saw, not one single of that sword is same. Every single of them is alive and they are so bright that you can not imagine. They, they seem like they're speaking to you and they have that, you know, that um details that, this, you never see on earth but um i'm going to uh i'm not going to really detail how i see on that weaponry room or the heaven but more of like um what i really feel and experience there um so i was at uh, this um sword jeff they are not on the shelves like we have we have shelves no they are they are just like uh floating and they're just you know, full of life. <laughs> That's how I can say that. And then um, when the angel told me, what's in your hand? Suddenly something manifests in my hand. And what I saw, Jeff, is I'm holding this 
stored for such a long time and it looks like so small. It has like a crook and chip. It's like it's been to a lot of battle. Like like it's a very old sword. And then Jeff, um, while um the angels said that to me, they said, We are going to give you a new one. That's what they said. But then they told me, but you need to pass the test. As soon as they said that, we transfer into a place where I saw a two roads, very long road. And this is not in heaven now. So in that road, Jeff, something come out. It's like uh, two smoke, dark, and then they became human. One is male, one is female. And they look at each other. And then as soon as the angel said to me, you need to race with them. You have to win. If they win, they will get your reward. As soon as they said that, the race started. I couldn't even process. It was so fast. And I became that light. Like, I look like an orb. Like, I became that light. And then these two beings became like a shifting shadows. They look like a smoke. And we ran like, we ran, Jeff, we don't use feet. It's like, um, like, you, like I'm a wind and I'm a light. So while we were running, Jeff, I know how fast we are, like very fast, like a light, because the, the places we go is zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out, like, like that fast. That's how it is. In that place, there is no time, Jeff. There is no time because I don't know how and when that the race uh, finished. But then I just found out that the race is finished when we come back at the very starting line, when I saw the two roads again. And then the angel told me, you won. As soon as he said that, something manifested again in my hand and I saw the reward that the angel talked about. And it's, it's that um, it looks like a small jug. And so, as soon as I, I receive it, instead of me being happy winning, winning the race, I feel so heavy because I became to understand if I won the race and they will give me a new sword, it means a new battle, a new level of height. But then after that, I was transported again to the ulterior room in heaven. And then they said to me, Today, we're going to give you the sword. I'm going to give you uh, the full description of the sword that I saw, Jeff. Suddenly, the heaviness, actually, when I came back to, to that uh, place in heaven, suddenly it, it, it started to, to lift out. And I was filled with joy and, you know, love again and peace. And then, Jeff, um, this four sword came. And in this four sword, I will describe how they look. The first one, it looks like it's made of white, like fur, like it looks so refined. And it has that gold that is really beautiful. Like it's just beautiful. And then the second one, Jeff, this sword looks like, uh, it looks like it's made of emerald. It has a it's inscription, but I don't know what it means. But it looks like, um, this is the best I can describe it. When you see the ocean and the sun is hitting the ocean, so the shimmer and the light of that ocean, that's what this second sword looks like. The third one, this is one that I really like. I saw it made of like diamond. It's like pure crystal, that sword. And there's like those gems that's embedded in there. It is so beautiful different level of beauty and then the last one jeff this one looks like it is weave but it's like it looks like in human description it looks like a leather but it is weave but the weave just don't happen randomly it's like the weave of that sword tells a story that's how detailed of it i like how detailed of that and then this four sword that came to me um when i was about to hold and choose the one i woke up but somehow during my ministry and my mission and soul winning with people i see that it's not something that i just see in dreams 
it's something that people always tell me that you know there's you carry this presence they always say that to me and you have this light you have this that's what people are saying to me now um going to um going to heaven to that place and having this sword and now after receiving that jab i got deep into some revelation more and some miracles that i've seen in my eyes you know many times and that's really a great experience you know seeing heaven and just seeing it in reality manifesting in my life thank you jeff Thank you. After coming to the United States, you've had five tragic things happen to you. Can you tell us about that? Thank you, Jeff. Yes, um, I was um, I was a missionary. That's a closed book chapter, and it's a beautiful thing. And then came, coming here in America, during my first year here, I got hit by these tragic things. The first one, Jeff, is my husband's job um, got shut down. It's been closed. So totally, we were homeless that time, and we're just living in my in-laws. The second one, Jeff, um, my my daughter, my first child, she got seizure, and um, since we were living in the farm, I was screaming and I was so alone and I'm so desperate. Seeing your child, you know, convulsing, I I don't know what to do. Nine one one in my house. That's only I'm watching that in Philippines, but now I'm seeing it in the front of our house. And then the third one, Jeff, is we had an accident in Ohio. And then the fourth one, Jeff, I had miscarriage. We announced this baby to everyone, and I was just still so sad knowing that I lost that baby. And then the last one, Jeff, um, my father died. Um, this time, I need to go back to Philippines. But uh, these five things, Jeff, this is what, um, what happened to me. This only happened 2016 in one year. And this is what I did. At the last blow, when my father died, I closed our closet. I go inside and I was screaming and praising God. I say, I praise you, God, for you are a good, good God. For my situation doesn't depend, your goodness doesn't depend on my situation. I will still praise you even though I feel not the loss, the pain, you know, the death. Even though all these things is happening to me, I will praise you for you are a good, good father. As soon as that happened, Jeff, this is what happened. God bring that back double, multiple, in so amazing way. I never do anything about this. So now my husband um job, it got open. Not only open, but he got promoted as a manager. He got raised. We are in a very stable place now. We had we bought a land, a beautiful land. We have um a, a house. It was really just you know the desire of my my heart, like that house. And then after that, Jeff, um my my daughter who had a seizure, nothing happened to her. She's actually got advanced in Montessori. Um, she got I think. Um, she's three years old and her classmate like five, six years old. The teacher said, you know, she, she got promoted. And then the third one, um, someone donated to us a truck during the accident, but we never told to anyone we had accident or anything. Someone just donated a truck to us. And then the fourth one, Jeff, I got miscarriage, but God gave me two beautiful sons. It kind of really became the joy of my heart. And then the last one, Although my father died, Jeff, I saw the influence of, you know, how God changed his life because he was a drug addict being a pastor. And so he won so many souls in the city, which is the hard place to win, you know, in Manila and crime and everything. So most of the people that, you know, that my uh, dad uh, taking care of are homeless uh, from drug recovery. And so many changed lives. And he built, you know, many ministries and missions in that place. He died actually, Jeff. He's preaching in the pulpit. That's how he died. And so God bring all this back to me. And I think this is the lesson for me, Jeff. That if we are grateful, like those love and blessings, you know, you will, you know, you will attract that because you have that grateful, grateful heart. Um, and at that time, Jeff, like, like what I said, I never do anything. 
I believe. I just have that faith. I believe that God is a good, good God. And he restores everything um, from, you know, beautiful things, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful until this day. Sandy Lynn, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Yes. What's the best way to reach you? I can give you my uh, Gmail, uh, sandyline.taylor at gmail.com, like my Gmail. Actually, Jeff, um, I've been catering a lot of souls. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? The message that I really wanted to give to the world is, um, you know, there are things in our life that it looks dark and suffering and pain and loss, like like what I said. But actually, this is such a privileged moment if we really come to understand that this is the way that we are, you know, fully trained. Because we are that um, precious pearl in the ocean that looks forgotten. And, you know, those beautiful gems that are hidden in the cave. And those are where it is formed. And through all this, you know, like what I can just give is the message that um, come to God, come to, you know, come to, to your faith and believe that there is this, you know, this God that really cares so much, you know, in the, every details of your life that from that, you know, happen to us, everything can be restored, you know, um, God can restore everything. And since I'm a Christian, Jeff, um, my faith is Jesus Christ. And when I come to receive Jesus Christ now, I do not just accept him as my savior. I accept him as my Lord. Because before, I just accept him as my savior. And, you know, I, I was still, you know, experiencing many wayward things in life. But as I accept him as my Lord and savior, that's where things happen and changed in my life. So yeah, that's my message. So thank you so much for that, Jeff. Sandy Lynn, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.